Quitting smoking requires willpower, but we could all use a little help sometimes. Nicorette's Stop Smoking products increase your chances of quitting smoking by up to 60% versus unaided. Clinically proven to help you quit for good. Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid. Requires willpower. Always read the label. Hello and welcome to I'll Start Monday, the practical self-help podcast that asks, what can I do starting Monday that will have a positive impact on my life? I'm your host, Keith Walsh, and this week we're talking about health and fitness, which is something a lot of us struggle with, and we worry about it on a daily basis. Life is busy, so it can be difficult to carve out the time to look after ourselves the way we know we should. Today's guest is Emma Dowling, a qualified personal trainer, former competitive weightlifter, and the founder of Empowered Mama, which focuses on helping women get back into exercise post-pregnancy. Emma is an expert in all things personal fitness, so today she'll be offering some advice on how we can all make room for some self-care and exercise despite our busy schedules. Emma, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? Great to be here. Feeling fit? Relatively. <laughs> good, good. good. Uh, we'll get to the fact that you're quite a busy uh, mama yourself. Yeah. Am I saying, is it mama or mama? Uh, mama. Either. I, I, I yeah. kind of Americanize it for some reason. <laughs> mama. Emma, tell us a little bit about yourself, your own kind of, I often find myself using the word journey, but I haven't come up with a better one. Your own journey to end up uh, working in this area, where it started, a little bit of background. Brilliant. Um, so... I have three kids, Jacob, who's five, and then Lucy and Willow, who are one-year-old twins. So that is kind of what we are currently in and dealing with. Um, I suppose from a work point of view, I've had a couple of phases of my career uh, to get to where I am now. And everything has kind of really organically kind of grown to where we are now. I started off as a beauty therapist and I worked in the beauty industry for 12 years, six years working in a salon and then six years um, self-employed. In that time, obviously, I was meeting so many women, talking to so many women, and I kind of really realised that although what I was doing was lovely for them, helping them create space and giving them time out, it was kind of just masking over the cracks. You know, there's only so much that these little self-care practices can do. But what's underneath that? Why are these women coming in absolutely exhausted, completely fatigued? Really, their whole lives are kind of based around their kids or their work or there's very little talk about like, how are you? It is always, oh, the kids are doing this and work is this. And I'm like, OK, but how are you? Mm. Like, what's going on? You know, and all of the kind of health complications that they were just telling me about and that kind of really just made me stand back and say, wow, do you know, we need to get back to basics. And that's really what I preach is getting back to basics and looking at the simple things. How can we improve them and the massive in- impact that they have on people's daily lives? It's interesting. You, you, you certainly focused on the word uh, therapist yeah, in, in, yeah. In, in the title beauty therapy, which is great. And, and that's where people talk, isn't it? When, you know, they're, they when they're having their treatment, they're relaxed. Mm-hmm. They're in, as you said, like it's a treat. Yeah. They're happy. Yeah. They finally drop the shoulders. You know, it's kind of a moment for them. But as you said, like it's a kind of a rare thing. And it's sometimes as great as it is for me to get my hair cut mm-hmm. and, and maybe have a beard trim or whatever. Mm. Like I still need to be out on my own, going for a walk or a run or whatever it is I want to do, maybe a bit of meditation. Like 
you have to also be doing the work for yourself, on yourself. And the thing that I would say, I think men are better at um, and women, especially when they become mothers, can see that me time and self-love as almost selfish, Mm -hmm. that they almost like sacrifice their own lives and their own bodies in some cases. Mm for the children, for the household, yeah. for the husband, for the partner, whatever it is. Yeah. You were seeing this every day. Yeah, and it was really um, quite scary, actually. So um, that made me basically think about going back to basics and I went and did a personal training course. Now, at this time, I was also competing as an Olympic weightlifter and training. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so you were training yourself mm-hmm. anyway? And the beauty therapy was the job. Yeah. The training was the hobby. Hobby, yeah. But yeah. obviously you were, it was a, at a high level. Yeah, it was. I was training about 15 hours a week. It was a massive part of my life. Can you explain to people what what it is, what yeah, the sport so is? Yeah, so Olympic weightlifting is basically um, snatch, clean and jerk. Um, when you think weightlifting yeah. and throwing the barbell overhead, that's what it is. Um, my husband was actually my coach as well. Uh, we were running the club at the time that we we founded because there wasn't a huge amount of women in weightlifting. And Sam, my husband, to give him credit, really is amazing at training female athletes and he gets the best out of female athletes. He's incredible. Um, so he started that. I was just part of the club and he was my coach. And um, we it was a massive part of our lives. And it's so funny. It seems like a lifetime ago because there's no way in hell I could ever train to that intensity or time, you know, now. But I learned so much. And that was where the interest in the personal training came from. So 15 hours of training. Yeah. Does that include competitions? No, 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 no. That was just, but that was like what I loved. You just loved it. Loved it. So was it like five, four hours a day kind of? Three, kind, uh, sorry, five, three hour sessions. What were you lifting then? <laughs> really heavy weights. <laughs> so, you know, I was probably deadlifting like max 175 kilos, oh squatting, I think 140, clean and jerk 90 kilos, snatching 73 kilos. They were all my maxes. I was extremely strong. <laughs> so like, so the squat for anybody that doesn't know, that's with the barbell on your back. Yeah. And then you squat down. Squat down and, and then stand up. Come yeah. back up again. Yeah, try your best. <laughs> Give it everything you got. Right. But no, it was a huge um, time of self-discovery, I suppose, and resilience. Learning about like what your body is capable of and what it can do when you, when you Mentally, like it was really tough. Mm. Do you know, the sessions were really tough, um, but it was just amazing as well to have the opportunity to, to do that. So, yeah, then I became a personal trainer and the journey kind of out of beauty therapy and into personal training again just happened really organically. So I would be telling my beauty therapy clients I'm doing a personal training course and I'm doing a bit of this. And then they started becoming my PT clients and eventually it just kind of took off. So your beauty therapy clients just became your... Pretty much, yeah. You were just their personal trainer then? Yeah, kind wow. of. Uh, for a You're lot a good of salesperson them. obviously as <laughs> it well. It seems to yeah, be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I've got this other thing going yeah. on you can do over here. That's great. Yeah. But obviously you've been talking to them, I, I presume, about your, your weightlifting. They'd gotten to know you. You'd probably been talking to them about the importance or, or not necessarily talking to them or... Uh, lecturing them, but just maybe just the general conversation was probably It was around. just interesting. Yeah. Do you know, it was interesting. And a lot of them were having children and we were talking about, you know, pelvic floor dysfunction and all of the things that happened to a female's body in pregnancy and postnatally. And um, it was then when I had my own son that I really realised, even with my massive training background, even with my qualification as a personal trainer, 
I did not know how to rehab my body after having my first baby. And that was when I went on to specialise then in the pregnancy and postnatal. Wow. And I think we can get on to the specifics of that. But there would have been, and I, I feel like it's only recently, there would have been a belief that if you're pregnant, you know, almost like take to the bed. Yeah. Eat whatever you want. Mind yourself. You know, you don't have to maybe go for a little stroll. And there is that kind of thing of, first of all, should women really be lifting weights and heavy weights? Do you know what I mean? That's, we're not far from there. And then surely pregnant women shouldn't be, certainly not women who've had a baby. You know, all of these things mm. uh, were there and in, um, ingrained in us yeah. um, as men looking at women and as women themselves be, being told to mind themselves. Yeah, a funny story. So my mum actually worked next door to the gym that I was working in when I was pregnant and she used to call in to make sure that I wasn't doing. She'd be like, please just put that down now, Emma. This is just too much. And I'd be like, no, mum, it's fine, you know. But there was. And even on my Instagram, like I, it, my Instagram was tiny back then, but you would have people saying like, you know, you're so selfish, you shouldn't be doing that when you're pregnant and it's not safe. And the research is telling us it is safe. It's really beneficial for both mums and babies once they're having a normal and uncomplicated pregnancy. The benefits to both when they're shown properly how to do it um, is just colossal, absolutely huge. So if you are pregnant and you're feeling well and, you know, you've trained before or even if you haven't trained before and you're saying, you know, I'm hearing about these benefits. I'd love to learn how to do that. You can start. You can start, you know, doing some resistance training in a really kind of safe and controlled way. It's not completely off the table because you haven't done it before. And there's lots of cultures where women would just keep working. Yeah, yeah doing whatever you know, physical work they were doing and they'll do yeah. it right up until... But sure, even when I was pregnant on the twins and on my second pregnancy, I had a four-year-old there that needed to be carried and lifted and lifting things in and out of the car. And, you know, like our lives are physical. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. We can't like avoid it really. Yeah. Um, so why don't we learn how to do all of that in a really functional, safe space that then transfers into our daily lives, you know? It is funny how we, as a society, we'll pick our moments. Oh, you're pregnant, like a first baby pregnant lady is like, oh, no, don't do this. You know, a lady who has had two children and is on her third is like no. carrying the pram up the stairs and no one's even <laughs> batting an eyelid, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we do, we do pick our moments. So, um, so let's get into the specifics of pre and post-pregnancy workouts, I presume it's best if you keep yourself as fit as you can, you know, is manageable because everybody's different and you will have women who are sick for mm -hmm. a lot of the pregnancy and yeah. just can't and that's, Absolutely you know, everyone's different well. and everybody is different. But if you can and as you said, you, you, you feel well and you can go to the gym and you've done it before, even the first time, like what are the benefits of keeping yourself fit and going to the gym and maybe doing some weights you know, up until you have, as a, as a pregnant woman. Yeah, so, you know, simply even a stronger body is a more robust body. So the stronger we are, the more we're capable of. And in pregnancy, sure, we're carrying so much extra weight from baby, from, you know, the extra fluid in our body, all of that stuff. We're still having to go about our daily lives because of the way modern society is um, so we're less likely to be injured but then from like a you know we're less likely to get preeclampsia gestational diabetes um, to have premature 
deliveries, all of these kind of things are impacted by being a fitter, healthier human. Could you be specific on one of those things like preeclampsia or diabetes? Like what's happening when you're working out that that prevents those things from... Well, we're working on our heart health, we're working on our cardiovascular system, our, you know, respiratory system, all of that is going to be stronger, but also, you know, our training and that is going to help to balance our hormones, balance the blood sugars. um, And, you know, as well, gestational diabetes can happen to anybody just because you get it doesn't mean that you're an unhealthy human and you've done something wrong. But there are things that we can do to not prevent, but lessen our chances of Mm. getting getting these things. So we're doing we're doing we're doing the best we can. can, And that's all that we can do. That's all we're ever trying Mm -hmm. to do. We're ever talking about. Yeah, that is very interesting. So so you're you're just making sure that you're making the body work. Uh, I suppose it's like a car, you know, you're just making sure that, you know, you're regularly changing the oil or yeah. putting fuel into it or and putting the right fuel into it. Does, does Would you talk about nutrition much or is that kind of... I would a little bit. Yeah. I work closely with a nutritionist, uh, Michelle Hone um, of the Fit Clinic. So I've learned a lot from her and she would um, contribute to my programmes a lot. But um, in general, actually, for most people, a Mediterranean diet is, is really the way to go. I was at um, the Menopause Summit actually the other day and they were really rating the dietitian that was rating the, the Mediterranean diet for women um, in perimenopause and menopause as well. So it seems to be across the board just a, a great one. Um, so making sure that we have our, you know, healthy fats, our fish, meat, lean meats, leafy greens, um, olive oil, avocado, nuts, um, all of those kind of things are are really really good. It seems. Right. I've been to the Mediterranean. My diet was mostly like have a beard for, <laughs> and then go to a restaurant. <laughs> but that's not what's wrong with yeah, and and that's great. So that's kind of in the lead up to it. You can you know it's good. I suppose that we're talking about it and give people the permission to. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, or as you said, start look into it and, look and, and into start. It, yeah, doing there what is you're really doing. safe way to way to start if you are interested in it, you know, and feel it could benefit you and your baby. If you've had a baby, what are the issues physically? And I suppose, like this, when we talk about this, it's physical, mental, but you know, the physical and the mental, uh, you know, they all feed into each other. You know, what you're eating, how you're exercising, how you're sleeping you know, what what you're drinking even, like it's all mental and physical. They're mm. all pretty much the same thing a lot of the time, unless unless we're talking about a specific mental health illness. Which, yeah, of you know, course. W- which, which can happen. So, so after you have a baby, there's a lot of recovery mm. mentally, physically. Yeah. So what's happening? What, like how soon can we go back to working out and what are we looking to not fix, but like improve. I mean, as a man, I don't really. Yeah. So we would generally say it's six weeks postnatal and that is for a vaginal or a C-section delivery. If your recovery is going well and you've been signed off by your uh, medical professionals that it is safe to start back training with an individual who knows how to, to cater for this. And it's really important. And if you're not sure, if you are with a trainer, like ask them and, you know, what are your qualifications? What's your experience working with this? And the experience is a big thing as well. You, you don't want to be someone's guinea pig at that time. So um, a lot of things that we will come up against, I suppose, are this person is in a time of massive depletion from nutritionally, um, sleep deprived, like their whole life has been overhauled. So 
it is just creating a really kind of safe and welcoming and supportive space for them. But then the physical side is that they might be dealing with some pelvic floor dysfunction, abdominal separation, um, you know, their body has got more laxity in it. So they're more prone to injury just due to the hormone fluctuations in their body. Yeah, that, that would be kind of the main things um, that, we, that we would kind of be catering for and looking out for. And if there is anyone listening who has, you know, pelvic floor dysfunction, even if it's years after your last baby, there is something that can be done about that. You know, there's amazing professionals out there, women's health physios, trainers like me, and I'd liaise with a lot of women's health physios to make sure that the client is getting everything that they can um, to really just live such a full life again, because it can be just so debilitating for some women um, that there, there is there is a way to go, you know, and there is things that can be done. And it's not talked about really, is no, it? No, no. It's very common. My experience of, um, obviously, my wife had two children. She physically gave birth to them, I suppose. Mm. We had, I don't, yeah. never feel comfortable saying we had babies, but, you know, she did the bulk of the work um, and I tried to help where I could and not be get in the way. But I don't, I, from my experiences, people don't talk about what women might have to deal with after they have a baby physically, really. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, even at that kind of six week checkup at your GP, it's not really talked about even then. You know, the baby is kind of checked over at the six week check and you're kind of given contraception advice and sent on your merry way. So it really is up to the woman to kind of say, look, things aren't feeling great down there. I'm feeling pressure. I have pain, you know, or like my tummy doesn't feel great or, you know, I feel very, very soft and asking, like, can you assess me for a diet? or can you refer me somewhere that can? Um, it, it, it's really up to us to actively a, know what's going on and register this doesn't feel great in a time where you're completely depleted and kind of out of your body and go and ask and find the help. Yeah, but also that um, if something doesn't feel right, don't just write it off as like, oh, this is obviously just ha- yeah, something that happens and, that's and, what happens and I just have to live with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we hear a lot. Oh, sure, you've had three kids. Like, what do you expect? Do you know? No. Yeah. No. And this is you for the rest of your life. Yeah, and that that's the reality for a lot of women. Right. Okay. And it's good to know that you said, like, even, even if it's years after you've had your last child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is a lot of things that can be done that can really, you know, rectify and sometimes completely recover from... Any issues that any they might issues be having, all. yeah, incontinence yeah, or any of that know. stuff. Yeah. And, I, and I presume, you know, the longer you, whatever, the training you do as close to having the baby and then sort of resuming as quickly as you can, it lessens, I suppose, the the work then ultimately that you have to do or, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's better for you. Yeah, I would definitely say that, Do you know, if you are feeling well enough and able to to continue through pregnancy and start back then, like your body is is really going to thank you for it. And I certainly find that the women who do manage to train in consistently through their pregnancy, their recovery generally tends to be um, quicker. Mm. Um, and, and we should say that not everybody, you know, will be... Um, Lots of people have different issues and, and not everybody will yeah. be able to get back training. And that's fine too. We're always only ever trying to do our best. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the issue I had now when my wife was pregnant is I put on, I also put on um, like two or three <laughs> stone, I think. But, you know, so you, you train people who aren't pregnant as well. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And that is, we're actually in the middle of a bit of a rebrand at the moment to try and make our company a little bit more inclusive to to non-mums as well because yeah. we work with loads of females 
is, is who we work with. Yeah, great. Um, so generally then, let's talk about your own sort of personal fitness regime mm-hmm. as a mother of a five-year-old and one-year-old twins. So how do you manage to stay fit and what do you do and what are the must-dos okay. when you have the time? Well, the, the one thing that I do is I am very realistic about what I can achieve right now and very realistic of the expectations I have on myself because Emma, who trained 15 hours a week pre-kids, I am not that same person now and that is completely okay. So what I try and focus on is doing the small things consistently now. And that is what I really try and preach within my community and with my members and stuff. So now if I get to two weekly gym training sessions, I am on fire. That is an amazing week. I've done two hours in the gym. I might do some short little workouts at home. I call them like exercise snacks. So they could be 15, 20 minute little workouts. The kids will most likely be there all around me, jumping on me while I do them. Um, And I try and look at... Because my training can't be the way I want it to be, what in my life can I control? I can only control the controllables. I can't, you know, I can't worry about what I can't do. I look at what I can do. So I go to bed at an early, reasonable hour. I drink my water throughout the day. I, most days, and I don't always do it, give myself three meals a day. And you'd be so surprised to the amount of people that do not have three meals in a day. I try and eat a high protein, high fibre diet and I make sure that I move in some way every single day, be it a walk, be it playing with my kids, be it getting a training session in, be it an exercise snack. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things Mm. to keep us fit and well. And for the majority of people, those big, huge things aren't achievable. And then you're left feeling like a failure, like you haven't achieved your goals or whatever. And most people just give up then. Mm, because so, because the thought of, oh, I have to pack the bag, put it in the boot, drive to the gym, you know, have the shower after the gym. That's a two, three hour turnaround yeah. like that. And that's what, we, but that's in our mind. That's, that's what it has to look like. That's what it has to look like. Yeah, yeah. So for a lot of my clients and for myself, it's, you know, getting up half an hour before the kids, doing a quick workout in my pajamas Um having a quick shower and then that's done. That box is checked. You know, maybe walking to the shops instead of driving. So you get an extra 20 minutes of steps in. I was even waiting on the dart there the other day. And I think I had six minutes wait for the dart up and down the platform, just walk, like just strolling up and down. Do you know? And it's just little moments. Where? How can I move a little bit here now? How can I utilise this time rather than sitting down and scrolling on my phone for six minutes? I'll Mm. just stroll up and down the platform. And then obviously, you know, if you're if you if you're on your own, you don't have the buggy, you know, take the stairs, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Or, exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. I'd imagine if you're on your own, you don't have children which you might just want to sit down and scroll on your phone for six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that might be preferable. Um, so say for instance somebody, mother or otherwise, had never done anything really and sort of grew up in a household where it just wasn't a thing, exercise or you know, maybe people went for the odd walk because we're still, we're not far away from that generation of, mm. I can remember seeing people out jogging um, and, you know, they were like, if somebody was running in Ireland in the 80s, it was they were either part of a club and they were serious about running and that was the mm-hmm. only reason they were doing it. There was no exercise, there was no, you know, we used to watch 
people doing exercise routines on English television yeah. and be like, oh, this is mad, you know, yeah. Mr. Motivator or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He's crazy. Absolute notions. Yeah, 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 totally. And then, and then thankfully, people travelled and saw, you know, different cultures. And, and, yeah. um, and now we, we kind of are better and bigger into exercise, but there are those people who are maybe afraid to go to a gym or don't know where to start. You yeah, know? yeah. And I thankfully get to work with loads of those people. Um, a lot of them do come in into our postnatal classes and I feel it's a lovely kind of starting ground for people because everyone is in the same boat. Like I don't care if you're an elite athlete or you're a mom who's never ever trained before. Everyone is starting doing the same thing and we'll all build up at a level that suits us. Um, and it's just amazing because generally those people will continue on that fitness journey. It's just getting that confidence I suppose to show up for the first time is huge and that's why I love you know home workouts as well because people who are really intimidated and don't enjoy a gym environment they can train in the safety of their own home they don't care what they look like you know it's just put the runners on and start mm. do you know and all of the workouts that we do anyway are all follow along so it's literally press play copy what Emma does and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. So it's like a little virtual training buddy. <laughs> it is. It's, it, I mean, it does make a difference because you, mm. you have your you have your time, but you're doing your own house. And maybe there might be a smaller child in the house watching yeah. a smaller screen, you know. Yeah. And they're or happy, watching you. Having yeah. their snack yeah. or whatever it exactly. is. And, or, or joining in if they, yeah. if they choose to. And that's perfectly, that's your exercise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I love that kind of the versatility of that and it just takes that huge barrier away at the start for a lot of people. There is that feeling that, you know, I have to go to a gym, mm. I have to join a class, I have to do what those people yeah. in the gym in my town are doing. And exercise just isn't like that. It should be malleable, it should be, should work, you know, fit in with your lifestyle. Mm. Um, like one of the best things I do is is just a, a Tabitha thing that I have on my phone. It's just yeah. a timer. And once I pick four or five exercises and just repeat them, you know, it's lit, as you said, it can, I can do 12 minutes or I can do Brilliant. 16. And, you know, for some people, that's the best workout you can do rather than doing an hour yeah. in the gym, you know. And it's funny. So you have your little Tabitha that you probably do in the morning and you're kind of building your own little system there. And I think a lot of what we do is system based. So it's getting those systems in place. And a lot of us are doing that, especially if you're working with a coach unconsciously. So it's that habit building piece that I wake up in the morning half an hour before the kids, I get my 20 minutes done or whatever, and then I go have my shower and then I start my day. Or, you know, on my lunch break from work, I am now the person that goes off and walks for 15 minutes. And it's just building the system that works for you. And I think when it's system based, we're much more likely to actually stick with it. And that is the biggest part. You know, a lot of people start their fitness journeys and they'll be going great guns for two, three weeks. And then it's, oh, God, this is so hard. I can't do this, you know, because they haven't built their systems or haven't been doing something within that realistic expectation of what they can actually achieve. So whatever you do, start doing, make sure that it's something that when you think, am I still going to be able to do this in six months time? Or is this just way too much? So that could be, you know, doing five hit sessions a week or, you know, four or five hour long gym sessions. And, you know, I'm under so much pressure to try and get there. And then I'm in a massive calorie deficit and I'm not allowed to go out with my friends on a Saturday night and have a few pints because that's bad as well. And, you know, it's like, oh God, 
Do you know, we need to be very realistic about what we can achieve and what we can stick to. And that's where the success is. That is that is where you're going to win and get the results that you want in that staying consistent, continually showing up and enjoying what you're doing. Because mm. if you're not enjoying it, there's no way in hell you're going to be doing that in six months time. Yeah. And as we know, like it's, it's, it's all about balance. And it's mm. very similar to this idea of a diet, isn't mm-hmm. it? That I am going to not, I'm only going to eat carrots for six weeks. Yeah. And that, and I read a book that says that, you know, that's going to do X, Y and Z for me. Whereas you could just eat more carrots um, and, you know, yeah. and add carrots to your diet or, you know, that, 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 that does not work. That's sort of like whatever you lose or whatever you gain through working out over a short period. You know, as soon as you get to those six weeks, you know, you're, you're more likely to sort of just go back to the way it was. Whereas I have learned as I've gotten older, because I'm not um, <laughs> a stupid young man anymore, but if I can cycle to the train station and, and first of all, get the train rather than driving, but I can cycle to the train mm-hmm. station, if I can walk into town, if I can walk where, like if, if you see me in my town, I'm the, you know, the stupid almost 50 year old man with his raincoat and his backpack walking up the town, you know. I feel like I'm the only one doing it, you know, but but that's for me, you know, as part of my day because yeah. I couldn't, I'd stopped being able to find the time to go to the gym. So that's, it's walking is my big thing. And once I know I do that every day, anything after that is an extra. So the Tabitha, bit of yoga, whatever I can manage. Yeah, no, it is. It's so powerful what those, um, those, as I call them, exercise snacks can do. And there was actually a bit of cool research there um, that came out saying that the health benefits from doing those little exercise snacks regularly throughout the week actually outweigh the 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 you maybe the two one hour gym sessions it's showing up and doing the twenty minutes every day. You're gonna physiologically gain more okay, um, yeah. from doing the, and good the for little your brain exercise and snack. your mental health and, mental and health, probably keeps your body guessing as well as to you yeah, know, because your body. But it's not stressful. Yeah, no, 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 of it's, course. But, yeah. but that's the thing; it's not stressful. Sometimes those, you know, getting to the gym and oh god, it is so stressful. Yeah. Do you know you come in the door, you're like, my heart rate is through the roof. Do you know if you're just saying, you know, I'm just going to leave in five minutes early and I'll walk to the shop instead of drive. Yeah. Do you know it's the, the, the simple things? Yeah, and we've all. I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I do remember being in the gym and seeing the stress workout, and probably being the person who's mm. doing the stress workout where mm. you don't really de-stress at all you get to the gym you've got 40 minutes to do this mm-hmm. you know workout you know and you're doing it stressfully and then you just leave and it's like oh. do you know what I mean where, where are the benefits <laughs> the dopamine has just floated <laughs> off into yeah. you know just, just into steam it, you never got it um, can you tell me a little bit about then women that you maybe have had met as a beauty therapist clients who became who became clients and got into exercise and all that kind of stuff like could you see are the people that you remember or you're still working with and like the changes in their lives or, you know, how they benefited physically and mentally and like, could you see transformations? Yeah, you, like I have seen some women absolutely transform not only their bodies, but their entire life, how they live their life, their family life, their relationships have all just blossomed since they have started doing you know, living a healthier life, I suppose, by implementing these really small things. Um, Women who previously, you know, didn't really leave their houses were really insular and stressed and um, just... And sad, maybe. Sad and a shadow of what they they are now. It's, It's quite 
unbelievable actually the, the difference that's that I've seen people make it's mm. incredible I'm working with the most amazing client at the moment she is just a force but just so kind and such a beautiful human and when we started working together probably a year and a half ago she was not really in a great place but we've got her to just doing amazing things and we were in the gym the other day and we're starting to work on pull-ups at the moment. So she was even just hanging from the bar and she came down, burst into tears and she said, I couldn't, you know, pick myself up off the floor a year and a half ago and here I am swinging from a pull-up bar, like attempting to do pull-ups. Like, how amazing is that? That's amazing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, amazing. And even for her. Oh, we were all in tears. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I won't cry, but yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, you, But it's the decision, isn't it? Yeah. Because then you feel like you have some control and then, then it's the decision to do things for yourself. Mm. And that's like a little mind. And that it's okay. Flick, isn't it? That you deserve it. You deserve, you deserve it. to do things for yourself. But as well, the ripple effect, I think in particular of the, the female of the house, because often we are the kind of CEO of the house, even though we didn't ask for the job. Um, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> that's all on the podcast. Um, we control the energy in the house a lot. So if we're off and we can't give any more and we've got nothing left, everyone suffers. So when we're our cup is full and we're feeling good and we're taking the time for ourselves, that goes out to our children, that goes out to our husbands or our partners, that drizzles out into our community and just keeps going and going and only good things can happen from that. So I'm a huge advocate of, of just trying to get women to take time for themselves. Mm. And I do a weekly check in on our challenges with with my clients. And it's what did you do this week just for yourself? What did you do this week that made you happy? And if that box is empty, that we need to seriously start looking at, at some things, do you know, and it's just giving them again the space to kind of sit down, reflect. I haven't done something for me in two weeks, mm. do you know, I need to do something. And, and it's small. And I'd imagine there is, like we are generalising, but in general it is that thing of, well, she's got dance, he's got football, he's got golf. I just don't have any time. There's no time for me. Mm. And that it's very important you to, to take say, I am taking time and this yeah. is my time. And yeah, and I'm great for that. I love yeah. a good boundary. <laughs> I am not available. <laughs> Figure it out. I think you just need to do like lessons in how to... <laughs> create boundaries yeah. that'd be great <laughs> I'd, 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 I would enjoy that myself yeah. um, so what's the best health advice you were ever given I heard a thing recently and it really resonated with me and it's something that I have thought of on those days when I'm not you know looking after myself or you know putting my well-being somewhere on the list of priorities and that is look after yourself as if you were a small child so and I think whether we're parents or not, we all have like an innate instinct on what a small child needs. And those things are, you know, going to bed at a reasonable time, not looking at a screen until seconds before we fall asleep, making sure that we're not filled up with alcohol and caffeine getting into bed. That's not good for children. Not definitely not good for children. <laughs> not good for anyone <laughs> all the time. The odd time, it's okay. Making sure that, you know, so that we actually get a decent quality sleep. And then when our alarm goes off in the morning, it's not snooze, 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 snooze. Oh God, I better go. More caffeine, out the door, no breakfast. And that's the reality for so many people. And even me sometimes. Um, our stress levels are so high mm. from the get-go. Then we're going off into our day, driving to work 
sitting at a desk or behind the wheel of a car for eight hours, no movement, no daylight, no structured meals. Are we feeding ourselves properly or are we just having sugar, snacks, saturated fats? Then it comes around to leaving work. Are we doing things that fill us up? Are we, you know, doing things for our creative brain? Are we doing things for our movement and our body? Some a lot of people aren't, do you know? And imagine we did that to a child. Can you imagine how dysregulated, overstimulated, unwell, sick their behaviour would be absolutely out of control? Bouncing off the walls. Bouncing yeah. off the walls. Or crying. And crying. Mm. And then as well, do you know, when they do things and the things don't go to plan. So when your child fails or when things don't go well for them or they're upset because they said something they shouldn't have said. We don't say, how dare you? Oh my God, you are a terrible human. I can't believe you said that. John, this is our, this is our inner self-talk. This is how we talk to ourselves. And that is really awful. Do you know when it's catching that? And we, we do do it instead of saying, do you know what? That didn't go great today. That was not a great day, but you tried your best. You did your situational best. This was the day that was handed to you. And, you know, you made the best of it. Tomorrow will be better. We'll come up with another plan and try again. And I'm really proud of you for the effort that you made today. It's OK. I heard that personally. Mm. But I mean, it's great. It's just because how would you take care of a child? What would you give them? How would you nourish them? What, mm. You know, you'd give them crayons, something to colour in. You'd get, you yeah. know, you'd have, if they were on their screen, you'd be like, okay, that's enough of that. Yeah. You'd pull it away and give let's them something else. Let's go out for a nice walk, for a walk, get some fresh air. Yeah. You know, let's maybe, you know, cut back on the juice a bit and have like some water and make sure we're having balanced meals and seeing our friends and connecting with people and reading our bedtime story. Let's have a glass of hot milk before bed rather than, you know, yeah. whatever else we might choose. But it's much easier to say that a child can't have a third biscuit. It's, I find it harder to say that to myself. Yeah. And I think as well, that's where a coach comes in. Yeah, okay. Do you know when you're checking like a third biscuit isn't going to, you know, do anything terrible for your health. But I think, you know, just looking at that big picture, I think a coach is a really, really powerful thing to have on your side. It's kind of like the fast track at Disneyland. Mm. Do you know if there is somewhere a goal that you want to reach and that you're serious about reaching, hire somebody that's going to check in and say, do you know, how did this week go? Yeah. And I suppose people might say, well, it costs money, but you know, actually. It will completely outweigh. You're worth it. it yeah. You are worth it. And, you know, you'll be paying a lot less in doctor's bills and, you know, all of these other expenses that come when we're not healthy and we're not living, you know, a healthy life, do you know? Yeah. Yeah, really. That's a really good, good way of looking at it. Say it again. It's, it's treat yourself as if... Look after yourself like you were a small child. You're much better at saying than I am. <laughs> um, okay, well, look, we've we've almost come to the end of our chat. So what we do here is we ask our guests if there was one or two simple pieces of advice that they could give to somebody who who would like to maybe start their fitness journey or start a fitness routine um, and they want to start on Monday. What can they do? I think one healthy choice at a time. So every time you go to make a decision, how can I just make this a little bit healthier, be that a food choice, be that how you're going to get to work. Are you going to get off the bus, you know, one stop earlier just to get a couple of steps in? Are you going to take the stairs and work? It's all just those really, really small little things done consistently. So one healthy choice at a time. One healthy choice at a time starting Monday. Thank you very much, 
Emma. And people can find you, you're on uh, Instagram as? Empowered Mama. So empowered underscore mama underscore and then empowered dash mama dot com. Great. Uh, personal trainer, creator and founder of the Empowered Mama, Emma Dowling. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Quitting smoking requires willpower, but we could all use a little help sometimes. Nicorette's Stop Smoking products increase your chances of quitting smoking by up to 60% versus unaided. Clinically proven to help you quit for good. Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid. Requires willpower. Always read the label.